This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Candy and Michelle coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17 here on ESPN Radio, ESPNU, Sirius XM Channel 80, and of course all of our great ESPN stations across the country. Tonight, Thursday Night Football, Bengals and the Ravens. We have said tonight... The Cincinnati Bengals have literally no margin for error, that they have to win tonight in order to stay alive in the postseason with how good that division is, even with the injury in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. Other teams that we would look at this weekend with little to no margin of error. I don't know if we want to go as far as must win. I mean, we are in week 11, so we are in that territory of if you want to make the postseason, you better win games. Bengals, are they the top of your list for these teams this weekend, CeCe? Yeah, they've got to be at the top of the list. Who else would come close? Like, like to me, like if we're if we're sitting here looking at the AFC playoff picture, you got to think it's probably going to take somewhere in the ballpark of ten wins in order to get in, right? Like that that's what we're looking at right now. If you're looking at all of the wild cards in the AFC, it's the Steelers, it's the Browns, and then of course the Texans because they have the head to head tiebreaker with the Bengals. But I mean, if you look at the Texans' remaining schedule and you look at the Bengals' remaining schedule, it's not close. The Bengals don't have a single opponent. That's under 500 the rest oh. of the way. Not one. That's Not brutal. one single opponent. They got the Chiefs. They got the Ravens, the Jags, the Browns, the Steelers twice, and Minnesota. God bless and good night. Now, if you're looking at the Houston Texans, schedule just a little bit easier. The Texans only got three teams that have a winning record. The Jags, the Browns, the Colts. That's it. Those are their, those are their toughest games. They still got games, two games against the Titans. They got a game against the Cardinals, a game against the Broncos, and a game against the Jets. So you can do the math. The Texans are probably going to make the playoffs as a wild card unless Cincinnati can find a way to run the table. And if they lose tonight, what we're saying is that the Cincinnati Bengals would have to go something like 6-1 and one the rest of the way in order to get in. Because remember, if they finish tied with the same record, same amount of wins as the Houston Texans, they don't get in. So they've got to have more wins than the Texans. So if the Cincinnati Bengals lose tonight, they would have to go 6-1 and one the remainder of their games. Good luck with that. Yeah. Another team that I would throw in there alongside the Bengals, who certainly have a short runway, much to my dismay, who's put a lot on the Cincinnati Bengals this season. What about the Buffalo Bills, guys? They're coming off two losses. They just fired their offensive coordinator. The state of the team is in a bit of disarray. They have a divisional game versus the Jets this weekend. Oh, then by the way, the next stretch of games they have, the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and the Chargers. There is not a lot of margin for error with the Buffalo Bills moving forward either. All right, let me go to crazy extremes here. I want to, based on what you just said, what if the Bills lose at home to the Jets by double digits this weekend? What happens? Is Sean McDermott on the in-season hot seat? He's been nothing but successful, but not successful enough based on our assessment. They just fire an offensive coordinator. We've discussed many times how they fired, in essence, the defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, before the season. Does he become a guy now that we put not only on the postseason hot seat, but the in-season hot seat? Well, who do you need to get a long look at in the interim head coaching role on that staff? That would be my only question. Like, I, I guess I don't understand what would firing Sean McDermott do? What purpose would that serve for your team? It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for you in, unless there's somebody that you want to look at. Based it, on the rules, the rules changes when it comes to hiring practices for coaches – Everybody is essentially going to have to wait until after the regular season. Um, so I, I just don't know that it, it makes a whole lot of sense to clip Sean McDermott now. 
Uh, I think you let him ride this thing out. You let the changes take effect with the new offensive coordinator and see if they can get Josh Allen back on track. But I don't think that you have to put Sean McDermott on the in-season hot seat for firing him. I think it's obvious if they don't go to the playoffs, he's going to lose his damn job. Mm -hmm. So another team I would bring up in terms of the immediacy relative to the small margin for error, error, excuse me, is a team that I can't even believe that's in this conversation based on what we've seen with this team. But the Raiders... The Raiders are 5-5. Five and five. They're kind of back in the, could they maybe possibly find a way in? Here's the problem. You're at the Dolphins this week. Not easy. Nope. Next week, you got the Chiefs. Anytime I see a Chiefs on, the Chiefs on someone's schedule, I'm immediately assuming the Chiefs are going to win the game. They may not, but there's no scenario in which I'm looking at it and saying, no, 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 the other team's easily going to win that game. That's not going to happen. I know the Chiefs have the um, Eagles and potentially the game of the year, Monday Night Football here on ESPN, but I think the Raiders are now in this mix. Small margin of error because all of a sudden if you beat the, the Dolphins this week, you're 6-5. and five. It kind of gives you the Chiefs game in hand, and you enter the remaining five games of the season, 500, you're in the mix. If you drop to two games under 500, you're not in the mix. Yeah, you got two games against the Chiefs left. It's hard for me to think that Antonio Pierce, AP, is going to have that kind of success. Listen, it's already been successful for him, starting off 2-0 and as the interim, and it feels like the players are excited about what's going on in Vegas, which is a change from what we've seen the last year and a half under Josh McDaniels. But there ain't a whole lot of layup games for the Raiders. You know what I'm saying? They got the Broncos, the Chargers, and that's about it. Everybody else that they play figures to be in the playoff mix. So I I don't know if it's going to happen for them. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 on Sportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. You can give us a call. We're presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. Let me throw out another team going into Week 11. How about the Jacksonville Jaguars? I mean, listen, I I, I think that they're going to be in the playoffs. I picked them to go to the conference championship game. But right now, they got the Texans right behind them. And let's not forget, the Texans beat them already. So if they have the same amount of wins, tie break right now goes to the Texans. Now, I know they got a date later on in the season where these two teams are going to tangle up, but the way that C.J. Stroud is playing, the confidence that's growing within that locker room, don't you have to be a little bit worried about that if you're Jacksonville? Just a little bit? Like, I, I know Jacksonville is a good team. I know they got Trevor Lawrence. He's, he, he's the next guy up everybody's talking about that could be that quarterback that jumps into elite territory. But you gotta look look at the look at the Houston Texans and be at least a little bit concerned that you don't have margin for error, especially considering what the Texans' strength of schedule is down the stretch. I still can't believe we're even talking about this. That the Houston Texans are potentially in the playoff picture, and we're talking about them beating the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals, and that they're a dangerous team. I just did not have that on my bingo card for this season. I'm still in shock that this is happening, and it just is such a testament to CJ Stroud. All right, let's get some calls in here on the teams with the least amount of margin of error going into Week 11, plus the most cursed franchises. People still want to talk about that in sports. As the Cleveland Browns have caused us to have that conversation after they have an unbelievable win against the Ravens. We think they're Super Bowl contenders. Deshaun Watson has his best half as a Brown, 14-14, and now he's out for the season out of absolutely nowhere. Donald in Nashville listening on the ESPN app. What's up, Donald? Hey, how you doing, guys? I'm enjoying you guys' show. Thank you. But, uh, Candy, I like what you do, man. I think you do a phenomenal job. But, man, you need to slow your roll on the Bengals, man. All you've been doing is talking about how they're not going to be in the playoffs. They're not going to do this. They're not going to do that. Man, dude, what has Joe Burrow did since he beat the Bengals, man? Besides when he got hurt. All he does is win. Give us us benefit of the doubts. 
How can I how can I give y'all benefit of the doubt? We're we're going into week eleven and you're in last place in the division. How do you get the benefit of the doubt? Come on, Donald. Like I get it, you're a fan. I I know you're rooting for the team, but I'm trying to be objective with this thing. If y'all lose tonight, it's a wrap. Uh, it's a wrap. Like think about it. you'd have to. In order for them to be in the playoffs by virtue of the tiebreak and based on what we think is going to happen with their schedule and other teams' schedules, they would have to go essentially 5-2, and 6-1 and one in their remaining seven games. There ain't but two teams in the NFL that have put together 6-1 and one stretches this season. That'd be the Chiefs and the Eagles. I, I, I'm not saying that Joe Burrow can't do it. What I am saying is it's highly unlikely given the division that he plays in, given the schedule that they have, and that's relative to other teams that are in the wild card mix in the AFC. I think that's where I go with Donald, though, is because I know that they're capable of it. I know that he's capable of it. But that loss last week to the Texans certainly did not help their case. No, and now you're talking about having to do it without T. Higgins, who's got a hamstring that he's dealing with. So, you know, it's Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase and not a whole lot else. 7-11. And then they, and then they got the, and then they got the guys on the defensive front banged up. Trey Hendrickson got to watch him and see how healthy he is. I again, I'm not saying that Cincinnati's not a good football team, and I thought that Cincinnati would be in the mix to win the division, going another deep playoff run. But the injuries, how this team started, one and three, you got to think the slow starts at some point are going to catch up to the Cincinnati Bengals. I think this is the year that happens. Mike in Los Angeles, listening on 710 ESPN, LA's mega sports station. What's up, Mike? Hey, love you guys. Hey, man, y'all are missing out on on the D worst when it comes to cursed teams. Those Portland Trailblazers, dude. That is a good one. That's a good the Trailblazers. The Trail. Greg Oden. Oh, Sam oh. Bowie. Sam Bowie. Michael Joe. Oh. I mean, That's even even one. even Bill Walton dating back to seventy seventy wins a championship, but Bill Walton physically, unfortunately for him, broke down, down. Yeah, right. I mean, he was part of the eighty six team with the, the Celtics. People think it's one of the great teams of all time, but he was in a different role. That is, I mean, Brandon Roy. Great yeah. player. Physically could not do it anymore. Yeah, Portland is one of them. Damian, Damian Lillard won out. Yeah. Damian, yeah. Well, Damian was there. You had a star who was committed, who was loyal. He was the guy. You had a great team with Clyde Drexler, this great team that, unfortunately for them, played during the Michael Jordan era. Boy, that's a good one. And they have those footnotes, right? The the Odin, the, the Roy, the Bowie, all that stuff. Uh, Matt in Atlantic City on ESPNU. What's up, Matt? Yeah, good morning, Chris. Good morning, uh, Evan. Good morning, Michelle. I'm going to say the team with the least amount of error going forward has to be the Buffalo Bills. After mm. that debacle at home against the uh, Denver Broncos, they should have won that game. There, there's no mistake. The Bills should have won that game against the Broncos. Now you got the Jets, okay? And I think they're going to beat the Jets. The Jets have been an abomination the last couple games. They beat my Giants. My Giants should have beat the Jets. That's another uh, conversation. The Bills are going to beat the Jets. When they do, that's going to give them confidence going into Philly the week after because that's going to be a that's going to be a dog fight. And then they got the Cowboys, so the team with the least amount uh, of error. No, has they to don't. Be wait, Bills. wait, Matt, Matt. They got it's the an Chiefs. awesome call, but they have the Chiefs and after then the, the Cowboys and Chiefs. then the Cowboys. Yeah, I, first of all, God bless you, Matt. You, you're you're saying that they're probably going to beat the Jets, and then it's going to be a dog fight in Philly. Who here thinks it's going to be a dog fight in Philly? I don't. Who who thinks versus that defensive front it's gonna be a dogfight in Philly? I don't I don't care that the Eagles secondary is bad. It's not gonna matter because Josh Allen's gonna be under duress and throw the ball up for grabs, which is what he does. Like I just no man, like 
We're it still is, falling into the trap. It, it, it is on the board for the Jets to upset the yes, Buffalo it is. Bills. Yes, Big it time. is. We're still falling that, into that's the where, trap. That's Big where time. we're at. Everybody loves the talent of Josh Allen, but the talent means nothing unless it correlates to making game-winning plays and avoiding game-losing mistakes. Let's, let's focus on what's fair right now. What's fair is what CeCe just said. You want to talk about the Bills? You want to talk about the matchups? It's more fair to say that they could lose to the Jets than it is a dogfight with Philly or Kansas City. It's not a dogfight. We, we got to stop. We it's, gotta literally stop putting them, it's literally a knife to a gunfight. We got to stop putting <laughs> them in that conversation. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So it's a bat to a gunfight. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. And we still, it's Kelly Oubre on the bike versus the car. <laughs> That's what it is. Not a fair fight. It's not, it's not a fair fight. It's not going to go well for them. Canty brought to you by Granger next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is time now for Canny or Canty, brought to you by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger has the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by today. We throw out over unders, ESPN Bet, for all of your information on that, of course. The great ESPN Bet app just launched this week. Awesome product, awesome for you guys to consume. Smalls. We throw out things for CC. He has to go over under, under can he or can't he? All right, let's get things started. Lamar Jackson, can't he over or under one and a half passing touchdowns? Can he or can't he? I'm going to go under on this one. Lamar Jackson in his home starts against the Cincinnati Bengals, only one of those games. He's gone over uh, one and a half passing touchdowns, had multiple passing touchdowns. I'm thinking this is going to be under. It's still a big Lamar game, but I think it'll be with his arm and his legs. So I could see Lamar throwing for one and running for one, spreading the wealth with his teammates. But I'm going to go under one and a half passing touchdowns. Joe Burrow, over, under, 256 and a half passing yards. Ev, I'm going over on this one because this is a gotta-have-it situation. And Joe Burrow, in the last three games, has gone over that total. For the last five games, he's gone over that total. He's gotten healthier. He's thrown for more yards. Quite frankly, they're a one-dimensional offense. They're relying on the passing game to move the football. So Joe Burrow certainly goes over that total. Short week, gotta have a game. 
A guy that he's certainly going to be relying on, Jamar Chase. Over, under, 78 and a half receiving yards, can't he? Over, Smalls. We ain't got to overcomplicate this. No T. Higgins with the hamstring injury. It's going to be Jamar Chase, 9-1 to one all day, every day. That's the only chance that they have to be able to pull off the upset on the road against Baltimore. Amari Cooper, over, under, 43 and a half receiving yards coming up this weekend for the Browns in a game where DTR is their starting quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I'm going to go over on that one. And I know people are saying, wow, that's an eyebrow raiser, but I think that they find ways to have productivity with DTR in the passing game and it's going to start with number two it's going to start with Amari Cooper they're going to find ways to get Cooper in catch and run situations they'll let him do the heavy lifting so again not a lot of air yards on DTR with some of the passing concepts that they're going to run they'll protect him in that way but it'll be catch and run opportunities for Amari Cooper so I'm going over 43 and a half receiving yards all right let's look at the other side of that Cleveland Pittsburgh matchup what about Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett over under 100 81 and a half passing yards. I'm going under. I mean, Mike Tomlin made the comments that they need more from Kenny Pickett, and it seems like a Captain Obvious thing to have him drop back and throw 35 times. That's not who the Steelers are. That's not how they've won games, and even though they want Kenny Pickett to evolve, I don't think it's going to happen against the Cleveland Browns defense, so I'm going under 181 and a half passing yards for KP. Okay. Tua, over under 267 and a half passing yards, which, by the way, more on Tua coming up in unsportsmanlike moment of the day. Just a little tease on that one. I'm going under on this one, and I have no good logic for it other than AP Antonio Pierce was my former teammate, and I know that he's going to force them to play left-handed. He's not going to let Tua have his first read, which Tyreek Hill often is. He's going to make them beat him with somebody else. It won't be Tyreek Hill. Now, it could be one of those other receivers. We'll see what ends up happening, but it won't be Tyreek Hill. So I'm going under 91 and a half receiving yards for the Cheetah. All right, well, let's stick with T- Cheetah. Excuse me, Tyreek Hill over under 91 and a half receiving yards. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under on that one. I'm saying, I said the thing about Tua. I'm going to say the same thing about Tyreek Hill. It'll be under. They'll force them to do something that they don't want to do. I think they'll make them stay patient with the running game. So it will be a situation where Tyreek Hill, Tua, they're not going to have the impact in the way of yardage um, on the on the outcome of the game. I think it'll be the threat of the passing game, setting up opportunities for Miami to run the football. And so for that reason, I'm going under the receiving total for Tyreek. So every one of these we've had with Canny or Canty brought to you by Granger so far has been a debatable answer. We're going into a game. You could go either way on this. And these are just picks and predictions. But theoretically, we are listing these relative to you could see it both ways. I don't know how this one's on here. Josh <laughs> Allen over under .5 interceptions. It has to be over, That's right? That's what I'm saying. How is that a debatable it, it, it has, option it here? It has to be over. Isn't but, the whole point but, of but this Canny or Canty? But you know what? I'm actually going under. I'm Whoa. sorry, what? I'm going under. I'm sorry, what? I'm going under. I'm I'm Why? I'm actually picking Josh Allen to end his streak of throwing six straight interceptions. So he's got had six straight games with an interception. I'm picking this one. game. I'm picking this game against the New York Jets defense for him not to turn the ball over. Okay, they follow just, up questions. They, they just they just fired the offensive coordinator. Everybody's got Allen under a microscope. This is a team that he turned the ball over against four times in the season opener. I don't think Josh Allen has a turnover. I don't. Now, I don't know what that means in terms of the Bills being able to win the game because of how Allen will potentially play in order to avoid turnover-worthy plays, but I don't think he throws a pick in this game. 
So I need to follow up on this. Go ahead. He is averaging in their 10 games that they have played. They're 5-5, five and five, they being Buffalo, 35 passes per game. If he's not going to throw a pick, how many pass attempts do you think he's going to have this week? I'm going to say it's under 30 pass attempts. So they are going It'll to It'll probably it. be in the ballpark of 30 to 35 dropbacks, but I'm anticipating us seeing a Josh Allen that uses his legs, probably trusts his legs a lot more. And remember, it's a feeling out process with Joe Brady being the offensive coordinator. He's been in the building, but every play caller has their own little flair, has their own way that they like to do things. So it'll be an adjustment for both Josh Allen and for Joe Brady in terms of making this work. And I think this is a situation where they take the training wheels off of Josh because they kind of got to, Mm -hmm. no margin for error, more design runs, more Josh Allen scrambles, I think that leads to less opportunities for interceptions for Josh. So over under the average of runs per game for Josh Allen is 4.8. I'm going to guess you're going to go over on that one. I'm going over on that one. So that makes sense. Over on runs, under on pass attempts, under on interceptions. Isn't this the time of year where you do go over on that kind of stuff? November, December football? Mm -hmm. Like you have to to use your legs and got to have it situations. We talk about it all the time, Ev. There is no good defense for a quarterback that's willing to use his legs and be a runner. There's you, no good defense You take a defender it. away. You're only Absolutely. playing with and 10. Josh Allen's 240 pounds. Hey, man, BYOB. Be your own blocker. Go out there and get us the tough yards that we need to keep drives alive. Mm-hmm. Stop throwing the ball to the other team. <laughs> Just going to put that good out start. there. Candy or Canty brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right products for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by today. Jesus in Hartford on 97.9 in Hartford. What's up, Jesus? Jesus, going once, going twice, it's gone. Well, you had an opportunity. You ha- As Kelly Clarkson said, you had your chance, you blew it. Out of sight, out of mind. What is it? What are the lines of Kelly Clarkson? I'm looking at you as if you know. I thought wrong. you were going to pull out the Eminem, you know. Which is what? If you only had one shot, you know, that Eminem oh, song. Okay, well, Tony Pike has a shot. He's from ESPN 1530. Maybe Smalls' his new adopted hometown. Maybe. He is going to join us is coming it ba- up. Uh, is it, I mean... <sighs> Is there a little ray of sunshine now that you have the Deshaun Watson news for the yes. Cincinnati Bengals? Yes. A little ray of sunshine? Well, but they, positive, they also – Positive programming for the bit. Bengals fans? They also Things make it small as a Bengal fan that maybe if the Bengals win tonight, she jumps on board with the Bengals. Maybe, possibly, maybe Who Tony did? will help us. Coming up next on Sportsman like ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, ESPNU, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. You guys can weigh in on the Dr. Pepper call online at 888-SAY-ESPN. Most cursed 
franchise in all of sports is you fill in the blank. We've been talking about it because of the Cincinnati, excuse me, not the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Tony Pike is a host on Cincy 360, ESPN 1530, our great station in Cincinnati. You hear him every single day there from noon until 3 Eastern time. And he joins us now on Unsportsmanlike. All right, the obvious first question, Tony, who's cooler, Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase? Man, uh, if you're asking in Cincinnati, it's still got to be Joe Burrow. He has uh, he has completely defined the the Joe Cool moniker and and the way he's handled himself and frankly the way he has lifted this franchise. He's going to get the edge at least at this point still over Jamar Chase. Tony, how concerning is it that T. Higgins potentially will be out of this matchup due with the hamstring, knowing what we know about this Bengals offense? Well, I think when you when you look at last week and, and problems that rise to the surface when Joe Burrow is just not Superman for a game. Joe Burrow didn't have a terrible game, but he wasn't great. And when you add that to the fact with no T. Higgins, they only ran the ball with Joe Mixon 11 times. They essentially don't have an identity when it comes to the running game. So teams aren't fearful of what they're going to do on the ground. Teams aren't fearful of this tight end group. And Tyler Boyd had a rough game last week. So it does allow a defense in the Baltimore Ravens, especially without Marlon Humphrey, to, to exclusively send double teams in the direction of Jamar Chase. And it's going to be the same question we've asked at different times. Who can step up on this Bengals roster if it's not Jamar Chase? And that's not saying they need to go away from Jamar Chase. He needs more than the six targets he got on last Sunday. But someone else has to step up, whether that is Joe Mixon, a Tyler Boyd, or somebody else to help to, to, to at least mend that absence a little bit of T. Higgins. Tony, we've seen the Bengals get off to slow starts before and find themselves throughout the season, but unfortunately for them, the division around them has been so strong this season that their margin for error is really slim moving forward, especially after this loss to the Texans. So what's the sense of urgency right now in Cincinnati around the Bengals? It it feels like a must win. And and there are folks that go back to the last two years and say, okay, five and four, they went to the Super Bowl. Five and four last year, they went to the AFC Championship game. To your point, Five and four this year feels different. They have one win in the AFC. That's against the Buffalo Bills. They have zero wins in the AFC North. You start looking at tiebreakers and you look at the road ahead. I think this is a must-win game tonight, especially going forward. You still got two against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got to play the Cleveland Browns. You're on the road against Jacksonville and Kansas City. The numbers just don't allow any any type of reprieve if you lose this game and drop to five and four tonight. On the other end. If you do get a win, you're, you're right back in a scenario where you can make one of those second-half runs that this team has made in the, in the last couple of years. Talking with Tony Pike, host Cincy 360, ESPN 1530, our great station in Cincinnati. Mo Egger, the team there as well. And he's joining us, of course, former Cincinnati quarterback and Carolina Panther quarterback as well. How many games this season, Tony, do you think Joe Burrow has been fully healthy for? I don't think he was fully healthy until the San Francisco game coming out of the bye, uh, where you really got to see not just the the pocket movement, but you started to feel the swagger come back a little bit, rushing for a first down, pointing. Uh, that's the Joe Burrow when healthy and kind of in that rhythm that you really feel good about leading your, your, your team. The, the crazy thing is, is that Joe Burrow on one leg, you still feel good about your opportunity to go win a game. But I don't think it was fully until they came out of that bye week and played in San Francisco that you saw the full array of what Joe Burrow is able to do. And I think that was one of the most impressive wins of the NFL season, what they were able to do in San Francisco. The issue with the offense becomes 
that was done off of a bye week. This team has not shown the ability to to incorporate in-game adjustments enough to be consistent enough on the offensive side of the ball. And, Tony, you led me right where I wanted to go because if you look at the last two games, hell, just look at what happened with the Texans. They scored on that first drive, and then the Cincinnati Bengals offense didn't score again until the last play of the third quarter. The game before that against the Buffalo Bills, they only got a field goal after halftime. So I just I, – I, yeah. I want – can you provide some color as to why we see these lapses and lulls in this Bengals offense throughout the course of games, whether they win or lose? I think, I think they need to be better at in-game adjustments at the offensive coordinator spot. Look, you, you go back to two games. I'll go back to the Super Bowl. They had a lead against the Rams, and they went five consecutive possessions without points. If you score on any of those, the Bengals are Super Bowl champions. Uh, we, we, went, we went back this week to the start of the regular season. They have now scored a touchdown on five consecutive drives. That's a franchise record. The last five games they've scored on their first drive went back to the nine games this season and looked at drives two, three, and four. So 27 drives, the Bengals punted on 18 of those drives. Mm. They averaged one point per drive throughout those 28. So the inability of this team to make in-game adjustments is crushing them. Everyone knows about the first 15 or, or the scripted plays. The Bengals are great during that. But when defenses make their adjustments, the Bengals have struggled historically under Zach Taylor as the offensive coordinator to make those adjustments as well in game. They've relied way too much on Joe Burrow just being Superman. Even the touchdown to Jamar Chase last week, that's not a scripted play. That's not a design play. That's Joe Burrow being great of of getting out of the pocket and throwing a a dime downfield 64 yards to Jamar Chase. They have to find a way to in-game adjust way better than what they're doing. Tony, we got some big news in the NFL yesterday, certainly huge news in the AFC North with uh, Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson being announced that he's out for the season. What's the viewpoint of that injury from Cincinnati? Because we saw a great half of football from Deshaun in this this past weekend, but we've also seen the Cleveland Browns win without him this season. So how is that injury being viewed in Cincinnati? I think most of the people view it as the Bengals are right now the second best team in the AFC North. And that's a lot because the way that I think folks talk about the Bills and the Bengals, everyone says, well, that's just a bad matchup for the Buffalo Bills. Well, the Cleveland Browns are a terrible matchup for the Cincinnati Bengals. They're able to go a lot of man, aggressive coverage on the outside. Miles Garrett is an absolute menace. And if you look at what Devin Singletary did last week, 30 carries for 150 yards, that plays right into what Cleveland wants to do in running the ball. But without Deshaun Watson – it does feel like there's an opening here for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I know the Pittsburgh Steelers are 6-3. and three. I just don't trust the Pittsburgh offense. I think the Bengals can get at least one of those two, if not both of those games. So it, it does. It, that, that alone adds so much more to tonight's game in the AFC North because it essentially becomes a, a, an AFC North elimination game if the Bengals do lose. Tony Pike joining us, of course, here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, host Cincy 360, ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. Former Cincy quarterback, played in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers. Your college teammates, two brothers, Jason and Travis Kelsey. Which one's fame surprises you more right now? (laughs) Oh, man, probably Travis, as hard as that is. I mean, Jason is one of the sexiest men alive, according to People Magazine. They... (laughs) They just did a uh, – Jason released a Christmas album last year, and they just doubled down again this year 
And I think I saw on the U.S. iTunes they're number one right now in the United States. Him and Travis did a Christmas song. But I, I, I tell it all the time. Jason was a walk-on linebacker when I was at the University of Cincinnati and ends up uh, now becoming one of the most storied centers in, in NFL history. Travis was a, was a quarterback. He came in as a quarterback when I was playing quarterback. I joke with him all the time that, you know, had I not beat him out at quarterback, who knows where his trajectory plays as a tight end in the NFL. But Travis always had that, that kind of exuberance that you knew would translate. Jason was just one of those guys that was going to work his tail off. So both, I mean, you're talking first ballot Hall of Famers, which is incredible uh, from the same university. But I guess I would lean Jason a little bit. Tony, a guy that's always in comparison with Joe Burrow is Josh Allen. People always have him, Pat Mahomes, and, uh, and, and Joe Burrow in the conversation for best quarterbacks in the AFC. But Josh Allen has gone six straight games with throwing an interception. He leads the league in turnovers after leading the league last season in turnovers. From a quarterback's perspective, is firing an offensive coordinator going to get this fixed? I don't know that it gets it fixed. I think it's more evident as, as weeks go by how much they miss Brian Dayball in Buffalo, and you're trying to, to catch that lightning in a bottle. I also think that they just don't help Josh Allen enough. They, they, do, not, they do not establish the run. They don't stick with the run. And you, we tie this into what's happening tonight. The Baltimore Ravens lead the NFL in rush attempts and rushing yards. The Bengals are dead last in those categories. Uh, the, the Buffalo Bills aren't doing enough to help Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen's making some boneheaded plays, but it's one of those feelings as a quarterback, if you go a couple series, you feel like you got to go make something happen. And I, I see it all the time when you're playing against the Baltimore Ravens. They limit the possessions, and if you can't establish a run game, you start thinking, okay, I only got so many possessions in this game. And then he starts to force stuff, and he starts to make the boneheaded plays. I, I just think you've seen that with Josh Allen more so because they don't have a true identity on the offensive side of the ball. So a new OC, you got to figure out what that identity is going to be, and you got to try to help your quarterback in as many ways as possible. Tony, I want to stick right there through the quarterback lens. Instead of what's wrong with Josh Allen, tell me what's right with C.J. Stroud. The Bengals played the Texans last weekend. What makes C.J. Stroud so special? Well, I, I thought the hardest thing about transitioning into the NFL was formations and blitz pickup. And it looks like C.J. Stroud is a 10-year veteran in both of those categories. They run multiple formations, and the Bengals tried with four. They tried with five. They tried with six. They tried with seven. C.J. Stroud had an answer to all of it. So if you mentally have a pressure answer, you're going to be so far ahead of the NFL because you're going to see more basic coverages. And what Lou Anderson likes to do is just keep everything in front. So it eases that, and then he just lets his receivers do the work. They're not a bunch of who's who in the NFL when it comes to receivers, but they line up, they're great formationally, they move the pocket really well to help C.J. Stroud and and give him to to buy some more time. But above anything else, he's got confidence, and he has a mental understanding of everything he's seen. When you match that with his skill set, with his size, his athleticism, his arm strength, it's not hard to see why Houston – for sure has their guy of the future. Well, Tony, you did an awesome job with us, and here's the thing that we need you to, before we let you go, weigh in on. Michelle Smallman does not have an NFL team Mm -mm. because of the fact that her team in St. Louis left her. 
Yeah. She's very mm. in on the Bengals. We have said if the Bengals win tonight, she becomes a Bengals fan. She's not 100% in on it yet. Tony, I'm scared of getting my heart broken again. Can right you now. sell her? Can you sell her, Tony Pike, ESPN 1530, as to why Small should come to the Bengals side of things? Well, one, you got Skyline chilling here in Cincinnati. That's a great start. Two, uh, you, <laughs> this, this team is doing great things. They've got their quarterback in Joe Burrow. They're going to continue to build around him, but and they're just fun. And, and, and this franchise and this team, that what they're doing at the organizational level, they've added this ring of honor. They've added the new uniforms. The, the, the in-game experience, which used to be a problem here in Cincinnati, is now second to none. But they have the most charismatic uh, quarterback leading them in, in Joe Burrow. And, and if you can't get behind Joe Burrow, you know, I, I don't know if Cincinnati's for you because they, uh, they are going to go as Joe Burrow goes. And uh, when they get backed up against the wall like they are tonight, historically, in Joe Burrow's tenure, they come out swinging and they come out getting a big win. So that would bode well. Uh, if you'd like to jump on the bandwagon here in Cincinnati before tonight's game, because if they if you wait, everybody's going to be doing it tonight. So get in on it now, right. announce that now, and you won't have to worry about acting like you know oh, just jumping on a bandwagon after a huge AFC North win. It's a good sales pitch, Tony. Just to give you a little context, I said earlier in the season that I trust Joe Burrow so much I'd give him my PIN number or the or the password to my email. So I'm in on Joe Burrow 100. percent so, okay, a lot so you, of people here were ready to give up their calf for Joe Burrow early in the year, so that would, that would fall right in line. So uh, Tony Pike, Mo Edgar, DJ Hodge, everybody in that market, ESPN 1530, yeah. they're recruiting you, but you're still not in. I, I'm not saying I'm not in. You're still not I'm in. I'm not saying I'm not in. You're, you're not is, saying you are in. Is Skyline Chili going to move the needle? I've never had it. That's it. You know, being a Cardinals fan, I've heard a lot about it, but I've okay. never been to Cincinnati. And it sounds like what Tony is saying is I need to get in the stadium and have that in-stadium experience. Yeah. You yeah. Know? All right. That's, that's it. You yeah. know what? Leave it there. They got to get you there in order Baby for step. you to be a fan of, of the team. That's right. I Tony, thank you so much for the time. We do appreciate it. Tony Pike, Cincy 360, ESPN 1530, noon until 3 Eastern time. Smalls just got herself a trip to Cincinnati. <laughs> and coming up, the most unsportsmanlike moment of the day and Canty's best bet of the day. Next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Boy, everybody's coming in the house today. We've had fun. Jay Will, Damian Woody, Harry Douglas, Tony Pike. Like it. Everybody hanging out. So is Tua. Unsportsmanlike moment of the day, we find something fun, unique, different, weird in sports and entertainment. Yeah. Well, Tua had a presser yesterday for the Dolphins. Great quarterback, great season so mm-hmm. far, and uh, now look-alike comps. Here's Tua. 
But Drake, ah. Uh, I don't know if I look like Drake. Drake? Can you rock? Kiki. Uh. <laughs> wifey likes it, though? The wifey likes it. She loves it. Got to get her redone before uh, the game. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Does Tua look like Drake? No. No. Nobody... That, 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 is, that is one of those situations where you think all of us look alike. Yeah, that's not good. Whoever asked that question, out of pocket completely. But I will say, once he was addressing the comparisons, he did get a little bit of energy, a little bit of Drake swag oh, yeah. with the First, kiki like, and he, the dance. Oh, well, that's not even just that. He gave you a little bit of Soldier Boy with the Drake. Yeah, Drake. Drake. <laughs> totally. Drake. But I mean, doesn't, doesn't Tua look like somebody you would see in your bodega with them, them straight back cornrows? <laughs> like, he looks like a guy that I would run into in my bodega. Like, that's, that is bodega Tua right there with the straight backs. And- Talk about unexpected. Like, that is completely completely unexpected and I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing for the Miami Dolphins going into this game against the Raiders. I think it's good cuz he's you got that, a, that different energy thing? about yeah. him, you know? I, I am just he like looks nothing like yeah, that's the thing. I'm staring on ESPNU. Like Not at all. he looks absolutely nothing like Drake other than his hair could theoretically look like one hairstyle that Drake has had in his life. Yeah, you that's all, the so, extent of it. That's that's the you all look alike. You know you all look alike. I don't know if this will be on yeah, ESPN, there, bet, though. But that's what it is. If you ask the question, they look nothing alike. Nothing alike. They look nothing no- at all. We're just going to say, oh, you look alike him because you have the same hairstyle? Look nothing alike. Nothing alike. Nothing alike. I know you're going to give your, your best bet. Yeah. And this might not be on ESPN bet, but what are our odds here? What's the line on Drake now being at a Miami Dolphins game and somehow jumping oh, on that bandwagon? That'd, that'd be a good one. we got to figure that one out. know he loves to be with, with different teams. Yeah, but teams, Drake showing up to the hot. game is the kiss, kiss of death. Like, if you're a Dolphins fan, that's the last thing you want to see is Drake at your game. I don't know. The Raptors won, though. Yeah, so but, he's from, but he's from Toronto, though, so I don't know. I don't know. I think so anything outside anything of the outside Outside of the six, yeah, and he works for the team. He's yeah. like a team ambassador yeah, or whatever ambassador, it is. Yeah. yeah, but are the Dolphins good enough for Drake to show up? As if, like, I know front running. Okay, so you can come to you me really as an do. expert on this. They're not good enough yet for him to show up. Oh, they're good enough to be a reason to go to Miami. But that ain't that. Ain't, that's <laughs> right? not, like, trust yeah, me. You know, I gotta go to Miami. Tua shouted me out. Yeah. I gotta go to this Dolphins game. I think that's one of those. That's things. not the part of Miami go that he's going Dolphins to, though. Game. That's not Come fun. On. Yeah, the part All he's going about forty-five minutes Thank north, you. Miami Gardens. No, south, south. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 where the game my, is, forty-five minutes yeah, north. My, yeah. yeah Miami Drake Gardens, ain't yeah. having fun there. Yeah. There's forty-five minutes south where he's having fun, right? Oh. So he's more likely to be at a heat game. And that's the thing. Like, they're not good enough. Okay, I, I know. By the way, I've been thinking about front running. I'm just going to throw this out there. I know it's a bigger thing. If Belichick leads leaves the path, am I allowed out or no? No. No, that's your team. No, but that's my that's my coach. No, that's your team though. Okay. That's your team. Who would you adopt? Wherever he goes. Okay, so if he goes to the Chargers, you go be a Chargers fan. L.A. Let's wow. go. Wow. Kind of what if, what if it was somehow in division? I'm not going to the Bills or Jets. No chance. So you don't love him that much? No, exactly. I love him, but I couldn't go to the Bills or Jets. Could I? I could go to the Chargers. I could go to the Dol- uh, the Giants easily. Could you go to the Dolphins? Easily. So you're, you're, you're in a really, really intense relationship with him, but there are boundaries. And he around doesn't know this. Around your relationship with Belichick. <laughs> he has no there idea are boundaries. About this. And what's outside of the boundaries is the Bills. The Jets. The Jets and the Dolphins. The Dolphins seem so hard to imagine with Mike McDaniel there, but sure, we'll say that. Okay. But here's, I'm in a relationship with three people that don't know I'm in a relationship with them. Brady, 
Belichick and MJ. Mm-hmm. They don't know this. They do maybe now that we're on national TV and radio. Mm-hmm. But I'm all in on all three of those guys. I'll follow them and support them wherever they go. You know but who I'm in a deep relationship with? Whoever's going to win tonight? My money. ESPN bet. I have, Kenny's a, deep best bet. I have a really deep relationship. I mean, I, I love on it. I rub on it at night. I love my – I'm in a deep – like hey, deep relationship with my – I'm telling you. Deep, intense relationship. Passionate relationship about my money. And I want to try to make – some money for y'all out there, the audience, the people that tune into us every single day. All right, let's do so it. So we have the unsportsmanlike ESPN bet play of the night. Is that what we're calling it? For, right this second. Is that with, what we're calling it? Okay, so of, course, so of course we got Thursday night football, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to go with Thursday night football because this is a must-win game for Cincinnati Smalls. I'm yes. going to go with your Bengals oh. on the money line. Oh, okay. Bengals on the money line. Let's go ahead and get that juice. I know that the Ravens are favored by three and a half, but if we go money line Bengals, we get the little extra juice right there. We're going to go over 255 and a half passing yards for Joe Burrow because as Tony Pike, who was just on with us, told us, their offense is one-dimensional. They're passing the ball all over the yard. And then we're going to go over 80-and-a-half receiving yards for Jamar Chase. It pays out at plus 541. So put $100 down. You get 541 back if we hit. That is your three-leg parlay for Thursday Night Football. Coming off of a win last night for you, right? Tell everybody. Coming Buffalo, off of a back-to-back win. Back Two back wins. Wins. Yeah. Back and the Lakers. Lakers laying lay four-and-a-half against the Grizzlies. That was on Wednesday. That was on Tuesday night. Last night, we had some action. Miami of Ohio being able to win. I think that was on the money line. Then the under on 39.5 total points in the game. And then Ron Cook Jr., leading rusher for Buffalo, not scoring a touchdown. And we won by them forcing a fumble as a guy was going in for a touchdown that would have took us over 39.5 total points. Ends up being a touchback, and we got the win. So I'm just saying Good vibes we, got, we got two in a row. You make it three, that's called a winning streak. We're riding the wave. It has happened before. It can happen again. I'm saying it happens again tonight. Okay. We have such a massive night for this show tonight with this game, Thursday Night Football with the Bengals and the Ravens, because we have no idea if Smalls is going to come in tomorrow a Bengals fan. Yeah. This is a candy can't lose game, though, because I'm betting on the Bengals, but if the Ravens win, I'm good. We are on the Friday. Greeny with us next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.